0: Good morning, dear friends. Sound is working.
1: Oh, hmm. thank you, Russell. Robert, we just had to update to Zoom 5.0 to start this call. Did you know about that update? I did. All right. Okay, all's well.
0: Good. You will also find in the chat a link to, to ACCEPTIVA. Can you mute yourself, add please? And starting a week from today, there will be a new link. There will be someone monitoring. Molly will monitor this for a few days in case you miss it, but there will be a new, more secure link and the process for getting it and it's you go to acceptiva and you fill in your name and your email address and the and the link will be both there and it'll be sent to you as well so june 1st how could that have happened already june 1st the kids would be looking forward to school being over but it's really been over for a long time So I'm Robert Beatty. I'm calling you, I'm calling. (laughs) I'm here on the internet from Eastern Beaverton, my backyard. This is a broadcast part of the Portland Insight Meditation Community. You can find lots and lots of information at portlandinsight.org. My little dog has just come to say hello. My little deaf dog, he has to come and check on me often So to begin with a poem or a reading more than a poem, this is from a a teacher who passed away 20 years ago or so. Her name was Ayakima, good friend of Ruth Denison. German woman. Due to having made karma Rebirth consciousness arises. But we need not think of rebirth only in a future life. We are in actual fact reborn every moment with new thoughts and feelings. And we bring with us the karma that we made in past moments. If we were angry a moment ago, we are not going to feel good immediately. If we were loving a minute ago, we would be feeling fine now. Thus, we live from moment to moment with the results of our karma. Every morning, particularly, can be seen as a rebirth. The day is young. We are full of energy and have a whole day ahead of us. Every moment we get older and are tired enough in the evening to fall asleep and die a small death. All we can do then is toss and turn in bed and our mind is dreamy and foggy. Every day can be regarded as a whole lifespan since we can only live one day at a time. The past is gone and the future may or may not come. Only this rebirth, this day, this moment is important. Ayakima, when the iron bird flies. Due to having made karma intentional actions rebirth consciousness arises. But we need not think of rebirth only in a future life. We are in actual fact reborn every moment with new thoughts and feelings, and we bring with us the karma that we made in past moments. If we were angry a moment ago, we're not going to feel good immediately. If we were loving a moment ago, we would be feeling fine now. Thus we live from moment to moment with the results of our karma. Every morning particularly can be seen as a rebirth. The day is young. We are full of energy and have a whole day ahead of us. Every moment we get older and are tired enough in the evening to fall asleep and die a small death. All we can do then is toss and turn in bed and our mind is dreamy and foggy. Every day can be regarded as a whole lifespan since we can only live one day at a time. The past is gone and the future may or may not come. Only this rebirth, this day, this moment is important. Hmm. Ayakima. So a karmic act, an intentional act, why not remind ourselves of the refuge? The refuge in being awake, the refuge in the Dharma, the way things are. Things are unstable. Love points the way. I spent a little while in the news last night. There was a beautiful interview with the police chief of Minneapolis. He was there among the crowd. He was on the brink of tears. He was asked why he fired that those four policemen so fast. And he said there was a failure of morality, a failure of humanity, and there was no question. He was utterly human. He said, I can't, and they asked, why did you come here to the middle of this demonstration? And he said, I came to honor what has happened. I came to the place where George Floyd died in order to pray along with everyone else. It was a beautiful moment. We get into such prejudices. The police are like that and The demonstrators are like that. Underneath it all, we're really just people. With our karma, our conditioning. I take refuge in the Dharma, the path that brings us into love. I take refuge in the Sangha, the community of all life. And community of practitioners those who follow the path of love i take refuge in the buddha the one who shows me the way in this life Namo Buddhaya, Namo Buddhaya, Namo Buddhaya. I take refuge in the Dharma, the way of understanding and love. Namo dharmaya, Namo dharmaya, Namo dharmaya. I take refuge in the Sangha, the community of mindful harmony. Namo sangaya Namo sangaya Namo sangaya Let's remember that taking refuge is not something one does once or once in the morning. It actually is the ground on which we walk. Remembering to be awake. Remembering to remember that. And so let's take our posture of awakening. Of course, every posture is the posture of awakening, but this is the training posture. (laughs) Here's my little friend. (laughs) There. There's all the people, look. Look at look in that funny little hole. No, oh, oh, he's a little scared. Oh, he's, he's shy. <laughs> All right, down you go. <laughs> he was born on my bed and has been with me a lot since then. And he's old, fourteen, completely deaf, a little dementia coming in. Jennifer, my wife, the veterinarian, thinks, but he's here today, so. Sitting comfortably upright. What does it mean to put into practice taking refuge in the Buddha Dharma Sangha? What's, what do we have now, really? We have sight or not sight? Perhaps we have hearing sounds. Perhaps some scent. A little bit of taste. And the feeling body. the contact of the body with the chair,
2: the temperature.
0: The one thing our bodies truly are is sensitive. And right here at the center of our life. Our life depending upon it is the coming and going of the breath. Let us rest in the breath. Each breath has a moment of beginning. It isn't there, and then it is there. And there are degrees and degrees of intimacy and closeness, presence. Embracing the simplicity of this moment of breathing in. And this moment of breathing out. Of course, the mind may be active in some way or ways or another, wandering off into the past or future, actually creating the past and future. (coughs) Or maybe worrying or planning or trying to figure something out, rehashing an old conversation There's no need to do battle with the mind simply to clarify our intention. I aspire to love and accept myself exactly as I am in this moment. I intend to come home to in-breathing and out-breathing as my primary training object. It's understood in meditation circles that the law of karma is of extreme importance. The Buddha called it the light of the world. Because what it means is that we can, in fact, mysteriously somehow, intervene in the present moment and be present. We can notice the impulses arising to think, to emote, to speak, to act. And we can introduce our moral and ethical code, our wisdom, in order to create in this moment the conditions for the next moment. And one of the most powerful karmic acts is a moment of mindfulness. A moment of mindfulness conditions the arising of the other enlightenment factors. It conditions the capacity to be present, to actually know what is happening in successive moments. And that's why that even if the mind wanders for five minutes, That moment of mindfulness emerging is a hugely important moment. It means that the conditioned mind, the robot mind, the mind of instinct is somehow seen even if just for a moment for its truth, for what it is. The past, the thoughts of the past are seen for what they are, which is thoughts in the present moment, fantasies. and The same for the future. So what we are doing here is of utmost importance to our own destiny and to the destiny of all living beings on earth. We are the living edge of consciousness evolution. This is it, here, now. So breathing in and breathing out in a completely relaxed fashion Coming home to now. each breath is an invitation to be here in the present moment. And in fact, this is true of every experience. When the mind wanders, There is waking up to that wandering. What are we really? Are we the sights and sounds and thoughts and memories and plans Or might it be more reasonable, experientially, empirically, to recognize that if we are anything, it is that which is aware. This is refuge in the Buddha. There is a dimension of our being which we know as mood. Hmm. In Western psychology, there are, it's a whole set of disorders. We call them mood disorders. where we get caught in a particular energy state, anxiety or depression. And we become hypnotized or entranced. And then we see the world through that mood can simply be waking up tired and seeing the world through tired. It's quite possible to be mindful of mood. What is the mood of the moment? setting ourselves free from identification with the vagaries of human life. Resting in the present moment. And so we rest in the beauty of our being. No need to make anything special of it. We are already life unfolding. And please think a kind, loving thought about yourself. Maybe form an intention to be more loving to yourself and everyone you encounter today. I recently was sent a very beautiful song by Russ Freeland's brothers, and I'm going to attempt to play it now. And I invite you, just listen with your heart. It's quite lovely. Just let it flow over you.
3: Anything all you got to do is ask and I get the feeling
0: are you? Oh, there you are. Whew. Russell? Are you there, Russell?
3: Yeah, I'm here.
0: I'd like to know who sings. I, I, the, there, are no, there are no credits on the SoundCloud. Would you speak of your brothers and who is the person singing?
1: Well, let me clarify one thing first. When you said they sent it to you, they actually wrote that song together and produced the entire thing. And I don't know the name of the singer. She's a friend of theirs who's also a uh, a musician.
4: Mm. My brothers do that full time.
0: They do that full time. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you for sharing it with me and us and I'm glad they're okay if it gets played like this.
1: You bet they are and thank you. I think it's a
0: lovely song. It's a tearjerker. So I have um, two announcements, I guess. One is uh, if you look on the chat, you will see a link to Acceptiva that link will take you to the new link <laughs> that will create the, that will take you to the link for the bro- for this broadcast starting next Monday. Uh, so it's a more secure process, and um, it will also be on the website, it's in the digest. Uh, there's lots of ways to access the link to get to Acceptiva. Um, and the other is an invitation to join Betsy Toll and myself. I think I think I have it queued. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, oh, here it is. Maybe yeah. Yay. Yes. Uh, next Saturday, love in a time of unknowing. A, re- uh, a meditation gathering, conversation with Betsy Toll. Um, here's our description. Spring this year brought challenges no one saw coming. When COVID-19 arrived, the certainties of life we've long taken for granted disappeared. Days now have their own unfamiliar quality and more than ever, the future is unknowable. Entering this confusing time can easily result in contraction, a protective response to become more defended. Noticing that, we can also see its potential to open the heart and nurture insight. Please join Robert and Betsy for meditation conversation and reflection on using these days of late spring and early summer as a time of opening and renewal. You can find this announcement on the portlandinsight.org website. It's the third, third band of um, boxes and you can register there. Oops, wrong button. So thank you so much for joining this morning. And I'd like to now open up to you. And what are you experiencing? How How is it unfolding for you today?
5: Robert, it's Pamela. Hello, Pamela. I um, I'm gonna turn up my sound a little bit. I uh, you, oh, n- night, not last night, but the night before I woke up with, uh, in the middle of the night with a sense uh, I'm not a worrier at all. And um, I woke up with a sense of dread that um, the unrest regarding George Floyd's death uh, and the and the demonstrations and the subsequent riots that that I believe have probably been uh, contributed to by. Um, folks who would like to make a lot of trouble um sort of herald in a new revolution that's not necessarily a positive one and i just woke up with that dread and i have found myself since then just very um quiet and reflective um and probably somewhat fearful. And um, it's sort of a new experience for me to feel this without any, um, not any major evidence.
0: And- What do you mean without any major evidence?
5: Well, I don't know that that's what's happening. Oh. I, I usually deal with things as they come rather than make up stories and then deal with the story. Um, And so it's kind of a new experience for me to get fretful about something that I don't know is true. Mm. And I haven't quite figured out what to do with
0: that. Mm. Well, I guess the thing to do is to feel it. And to... uh... I mean, as with any secondary object, <laughs> any emotion, any obsession, if if it doesn't simply pass away, then we might, you might take the the the, in, the plan to intentionally go to your meditation spot and sit for a while, and then turn toward that inner experience and see what's there.
6: Okay.
0: One of the things that for me happens is that there is the, the historical political world um, and there's also my, the inner world of my childhood. And when things begin to get chaotic in the outer world, it sets off a, a withdrawal trauma response for me And uh, so learning to be with that is really important, to be open to that. Um, And, um, speaking very subjectively, um, these are times in which some fear might be inevitable we have a planet which is warming very fast we have the failure of nations all around the planet i believe we're going to have mass migration from the south probably millions of people wanting to get into the border before too long when the as the cultures collapse and so there's there's plenty to be it, the question is do we get caught in it? Do we do we do we lose the capacity for joy and do we or does it somehow or another arouse in us a, a willingness to participate in, in the way that we can or to to, to double to, to quadruple our effort to clarify our own hearts and consciousness and make our contribution to the world in that way.
5: Hmm. So it may be quite an opportunity.
0: I, had, I I had an encounter with Joanna Macy two years ago and um, let me just think about it for a moment I, I she came to town it was her last visit she, she said it was the last time she was going to come in it, it was in a period when I was was feeling a little hopeless and I at the break at lunch, I went up to her and she was sitting in a chair and I sat with my my left hand on her knee and my right hand on her foot. And I said to her, uh, Joanna, I, I'm starting to get hopeless sometimes. And she smiled at me and said, Well, you know, Robert, the Buddha wasn't very big on hope. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't his thing. And Um, But then um, she, uh, she, she, she squeezed my hand and said and what if it is the end for humans? What if that happens? Then isn't it wonderful that you have this beautiful center and that you and all your community here can practice being loving and compassionate all the way through till the end. Poof. And then she pointed over in the corner where there's a little Jizo statue. It's a little statue about this big, it's white. It's, you see them at crossroads apparently in Japan. And and uh, Jizo is the patron deity of unborn children and people at crossroads. And uh, she said, in Tibet, in the Tibetan iconology, Jizo is somebody or other, and uh, he's my favorite of all the Tibetan deities because he takes birth into something or other hell, the deepest of the hells, and he knows. Oh dear. Um, hmm. <laughs> Hang on, just a second, please. I'm sorry. It's. No need to scramble the police, that's nice. So she says, this, is, this, this deity is my favorite. He lives, he takes birth in the deepest of the hells in order to bring consciousness and love to the most painful regions. And he knows, like you do, Robert, there's no way to save anybody, but we can be loving with each other. Heavy, powerful.
4: powerful,
0: and whatever happens here on the planet, we're all just here for another little while and then we despair. So we are, we are all facing something very challenging
7: mm-hmm.
0: or I suppose very liberating if we're that free. Hope that's not more than you wanted to hear. No.
5: Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Wise. Mm.
8: Robert, good morning.
0: Hello, Kathleen. Good
8: morning. I just wanted to bring up that we've seen so much devastation here in Seattle this weekend. Our downtown was literally destroyed in downtown Seattle. And then yesterday, looting and Mm. just horrible, horrible things in uh, downtown Bellevue. You know, they just kept walking out with clothes from Macy's and there are no words for what our, our city has gone through. And we just need to take a pause here about what's happening. And I'm just not sure where to go from here.
0: Mm-hmm. I take refuge in the Buddha. Human beings and Buddhist practitioners have have gone through extraordinary and he's, the extraordinary periods of un- unsettledness. And the question, a question for me always is, can I maintain my own solidity and compassion and loving?
8: I'm grateful yeah. for, okay. for this practice, thank you.
0: They'll fix the city and they'll restock the stores and all that stuff, but people get hurt and we can get hurt and we can, we can get freaked out. And I think that's where we really have to be attentive because we're responsible for whether we're freaked out or not.
8: So much unrest.
0: So much unrest. And no leadership. That's not true. There's lots of leadership. No leadership from the top. That, po- that police officer, that, that uh, chief of police in Minneapolis was a beautiful human being, is. Hi, Robert. Hello, I hear a
6: voice. Steve. Steve Burkhart. Oh, hi, Steve. Hey, two things. One, um, I don't know if um, it was seen by the, uh, I don't remember her name, who was talking about from Seattle. But yesterday Mm -hmm. morning after the um, terrible violence downtown. People came from all over, hundreds of people to help clean up the streets, um, paid over and erase the uh, graffiti, um, a show of uh, love and support for the city. And so we can look at that as well as uh, in our nature. Second, there's just a beautiful interview with Joanna Macy by James Shaheen on Tricycle Talks that has given me uh, great hope and uh, um, great perspective. So thank you. Thank you.
9: Terry Wells, also in Seattle. Yeah, I saw that too. And I read something the other day that said, uh, profound change comes from collapse. And boy, it seems like everything is in that realm. So thanks for sharing and thanks for the morning. Appreciate it.
10: I'd like to say something. Um, I'm in Portland. Um, Just very feeling very intense right now. This is Tally. Um, The destruction of property is nothing in comparison to the destruction of black and brown bodies and what they've undergone for our entire country's history. So I would encourage people to focus on that and know that we will rebuild anything. There's money and people who will make our cities look perfect and pristine again. But I appreciate this group so much. And I want so much to be able to channel this love that you and the Buddha have uh, <clears throat> are guiding us toward. Um, it is important, as white, privileged people who have benefited from this racism, it is so important that we focus not on the destruction of our cities and the, the wanting to quiet these voices
7: mm-hmm.
10: or to stop people from... Their right to say, "This is enough. No one will listen unless we destroy things." And I don't condone violence, but I get it. I get it. If I and I'm Jewish, if I was living in Russia or in Germany or in Poland when my ancestors were, I would be doing this same thing to say, "Hear my voice." And. So I think as white privileged people, our job is to, and I think, you know, Robert, thank you for bringing us back to how can we not react and defend our hearts and defend us. We are not needing defense. These poor citizens of ours who continue to feel afraid to be out in our world, they need our voices. We need to lift them up and our cities will come back it it, it always it always does and one other thing i want to say is um the minneapolis chief of police i plan to call him today and write to him to say i really appreciate what you did i also demand that that those police that police officer with the knee on george floyd's neck deserves a charge of first degree murder not third degree murder because there is intent there. We saw it. The entire world sees it. So those are the things that I, I I am focused on is lifting the voices of others and not focusing on stop protest, stop protest. No, protest is important. Um, so I, I just had to say it. I urge everyone to do something every single day this week to, to, to be public, if, if you can, to lift up the voices of others are the ones really targeted. Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you, Tally. Your emotions are most welcome here, and I feel safer with the intensity of my feelings with yours being shared, so thanks.
10: Thank you. Me
1: too. Robert. Had. Had, I, I want to speak as the former PIMC librarian and just really remind people of the the great power and distinction of language, of how we create worlds in la- in language that reflect in our physical world that we what Tally was saying, it's so poignant, we we can rebuild things and a start of that is speaking them. Our promises to each other, our commitments to each other live in language. I just want to know if you would make a a brief and perfect comment about the power of language to affect our being, how we access our being with language as we do with sitting, with mindfulness.
0: I guess let's, let's follow the precepts and practice skillful speech. <laughs> Speak what is true, what is timely, what is kind, and what can possibly be received. So thanks, Had.
9: Hi, Robert. Good morning. Um, I so appreciate the conversation, you know, and I'm sitting in my little office here and And the home is peaceful. My animal is peaceful. Things are peaceful here. And um, it it kind of reminds me of this um, painting. It's very famous. It's called The Peaceable Kingdom. And it's all these animals in the woods sitting together in total harmony. You know, the lion by the lamb, all of that. I think it was painted around the 1850s and uh, it's a lovely painting and it's a total um, fantasy about the, the world. I mean, the lion and the lamb don't live together, you know, it's, it's, um, but it's beautiful and, uh, there's, there's something about, you know, that for me, the sense of having an oasis. And I don't really um, care how I create it. Um, someone mentioned, oh, I was listening to the radio last night, and a poet mentioned, you know, um, we are made to dance. Why else would there be all this music? You know, it's... Um, we have this internal uh, mechanism for being happy, and and it's I'm okay with having that happiness in this utter utter desolation. I'm okay with creating that environment um, that speaks to the duality of the world. And that's, that's the only way I can find peace because if I'm in this um, state, um, it really um, takes away all my ability to, to be at peace.
0: Thank you, Gail.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Hey, Robert, Robert. This, is, oh. this is Wally, Robert. Hi,
0: Wally. Yeah.
2: Hi. And I just want to say that I think that we are unfortunately being fed a lot of uh, the destruction on the media, which is really, I mean, their job is to show, you know, the, the contradiction uh, the the conflict. And I have been seeing things and hearing things, not only here, but also with um, um, like on Facebook, I, I saw Miami police greeting the demonstrators on their knee. And other police in North Dakota holding up a sign saying, end police brutality. Yeah. And other police holding up Black Lives Matter. Um, and the statement by the Portland um, fire chief about the lived experience of what it means to be Black in America was very profound, and very, very meaningful. And I it just saw it once on the the local news, but I wish there was more repeating of those things as well. Mm -hmm. The showing of the people coming together, the police and the people coming together, the um, authorities and the people coming together. Mm -hmm. Those sorts of things are a way out of all of this. Yep. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Wally. Robert. Tim.
4: I think that you kind of touched on, on something there. Um,
6: I think it's real
4: important to remember in times like these when we're getting our information from the news that there is an inherent inaccuracy. I won't even call it dishonesty, though they do it on purpose sometimes, an inaccuracy it's sort of where they point the camera.
0: If it um, leads, it leads.
4: The news is inherently yeah. nasty, terrible, and awful, because that's what <laughs> sells soap, and news is business. So if you bake a pie because the lady across the street broke her leg, and you take the pie over to the lady across the street, who you don't even know very well, but you just want to help out, that's not going to get on the news. Mm-hmm. If you break the lady's window, it'll get on the news. Yeah. The news is inherently inaccurate. And so it's almost an act of faith or you have to observe it in your own life to see that there, there's kindness and compassion, cooperation, all the beautiful things and they're happening every day, every minute, all over the world. This is happening all the time. And when in times like this, you never know it from looking at the news. There's the nice stories about the police getting on the knees and those are wonderful. Those are wonderful. Share them on Facebook. This is good. They are tip of the iceberg. So I think it's important to remember that, otherwise, you get deer in the headlights, oh shit, oh dear, it's all gone to hell, phenomenon. And it hurts you and it makes you ineffective.
0: Thanks, Tim.
11: Robert, this is Lauren. My niece had to evacuate her home in Philadelphia with her baby and husband last night oh dear uh because of the riding and um I am so solidly in tally's camp i'm a healthcare professional i've you know i, I just so deeply see the inequities and the need for uh, for um an acknowledgement and restitution, and you know, just etc. But I just wonder. My question is, if you can help me articulate a response to the people, I, I feel like I'm just getting this um, this real pressure that writing is bad. Martin Luther King wouldn't have done this. How can you, you know, how can you not? Uh, respond in an from how how can how can we um, articulate how can we hold both of those realities that there's there are the police chiefs that are and all those people that are supporting they're the legitimate protesters they're the volunteers that are cleaning up and then there are the um, forces be they you know white angry men who are breaking in you know I, I just can't quite it's almost like my mind is getting pulled in all these directions and is there is do you have a way or 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 a way of (sighs) kind of holding all this stuff at the same time
0: i hear the dilemma i mean i i'm um i feel so teary I have a lot of respect for Trevor Noah. I read his book It was born a crime he was He was the child of a mixed couple in South Africa and anyway he did a, 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 a it was in the list that you created yesterday uh, and he he gave a new perspective uh, that was helpful to me um Can I do it without choking up too much? He he said something like this. There's a social contract. We commit to live with each other and to live within the society. And there are rules and everyone commits, I'll live within the rules. And... um, then, around this oppression of of people of color, particularly African Americans, um, the dominant culture has never played by the rules. As soon as, soon as Reconstruction started, they changed the rules, and they it, it's it's um, and so. Um, something that comes to my mind here is that I've met uh, African-American men from whom I learned that they'd been stopped by the police 25 or 30 times in the last year. And so the rules are being broken all the time. And um, when things like this happen, a kind of hopeless helpless despairing there's nobody there's the rules aren't the rules are being broken all the time i'm going to break the rules too i'm I'm not articulating this very well but this this i i I can understand the 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 desperation and it's uh it's just um is it good no people shouldn't loot and they it's not it's really not helpful but they're feeling downtrodden and that there's no way out and so then they misbehave in this horrible way and i think the same thing is true with the police that they are under pressure all the time and they're not treated well a lot and they act out and they, they they're and they need to be held accountable but as human beings pushed beyond what we ought to be pushing beyond. Is that any help?
11: Not much. I I was also incredibly moved by Trevor Noah's video and it it just completely clarified for me um, the the problem. You know, just the way he articulated it. I I just, um, thank you. I I just think it's, um, I don't know that there's an answer, but I I appreciate your thoughts on it. I I think I'm just right there with you, all I can say.
0: Well, and, and (sighs) yeah. Part of the pressure right now is the disparity in healthcare for African Americans, and the fact that they've been dying so much more in this pandemic. I mean, the, the 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 structural the structural racism is screaming at us right now.
7: I
10: want to share one more thing here about that. Um, Charles M. Blow from the New York Times, just his opinion piece. I just put it into the chat. American violence is learned violence. It is the American way. Um, his, his piece basically says violence is how white people have enacted their power since the beginning. So this is not a... Um, the, the violence is part of our DNA. It's how change is enacted in this country. That's what he says, and I believe it. You know, he writes about the, the civil rights movement and how nothing happened with the peaceful demonstrations or protests until violence happened. And that's when the, the civil rights, uh, you know, when, when it was enacted, when the, um, when actual you know, law was made. So this is a natural part of our system it is not brought on by the other it is it is bred into this country and
7: mm-hmm. i think
10: that's the narrative i'd like to see um us behold that and 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 admit it and 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 admit that this is this is not a single act that of in time or a, a moment in time that is you know it, it's and and so the idea of looking at it, you know, and using the Buddhist way to not look away from it, to, you know, behold our own defended heart. You know, I, I've been thinking a lot about the, you know, how many years I defended um, myself. I'm not racist, you know, well, I am racist. We all are, it's the air we breathe, you know, it's the system we grew into, It's it's not, optional to it's just not an option to think that we are somehow outside of this we all benefit from it and so i think that the way forward is about first and thank god for i keep saying this but thank god for the buddha and and thank god for you robert Beatty, and all of this sangha for being here to remind us daily to go well i can look out there and try to figure all this out but that never works. It's just, I'm not gonna solve it, also just cutting off my, my brain and my, from my body. I, I have to look at first what my reaction is. And I never knew that. I never understood that the truth was in here until I found the Buddha in this way, because it's, you know, how I react inside my heart affects my voice, it affects my action, it affects how I see other people. So I love this returning to, you know, inside first to say, what is driving my reaction? How can I be with that and balance it? And then I will see more clearly a path to actually make the change and use my privilege to help, you know, to help others. I, I really encourage you to read his, his, his opinion piece. It, it's just a great sum up of um, where this all comes from and that it isn't a singular moment in time, that, but this is a continuum.
0: Thank Can you put the name, if you haven't already, in the chat?
10: I put the link, um, it's on great. the homepage of the New York Times. It's an oh, opinion piece, okay. called, yeah, so it's there.
0: Thank you. Thank
6: you. Robert? Hello.
0: <laughs> this is Sarah.
12: Hi. Um, so I had the the privilege of being able to attend a seven-day, it was like a retreat, but it was um uh kind of diving into white supremacy culture.
7: Ah. And
12: uh it was kind of a deep dive and it was it was pretty enlightening. It was it was incredibly um, it hurt <laughs> a lot and it, it was it was it, it was very enlightening I, I came back from it and then I, I'm just talking speaking to I, I feel like there's a lot of people that don't know what to do and I, I feel like the first thing that you can do is really to dive into what white supremacy culture is what it looks like because as white Americans, we really don't have much of a clue. And and even the best of intentions, and even like doing what you can to not be racist, it it goes so much deeper than that, as far as how we participate in our culture. Um, But the the beauty of it was that I came back feeling a little bit more empowered, and I started the Diversity, Equity and Inclusion um, Committee at my work that's working to see how we can better serve the communities Uh, I I work for local government, and it's how we can better serve communities that we aren't currently working with very much, Um, especially the Latinx community. But um, I encourage everyone to do the same. And I'm kind of wondering, is there anything like that at PIMC?
0: There isn't, we have tiptoed toward it and not really known how to proceed. So maybe we should talk sometime. Why don't you send me an email and we'll connect.
12: Okay, sounds good
6: thanks for listening well
1: Robert just quickly as a member of the Sangha who meditates here every day I want to let people know that there's a recording of this available on YouTube because I actually used that the other day I wanted to hear something again so I went to your YouTube account and was able to listen to that is that will the chat be available here after the call i
0: yesterday posted the chat or a summary of the chat thank you lauren to uh my blog portlandinsight.org slash blog and that will take you there or and i will post it on the um Contact uh, what the connections a listserv that'll be a little bit later today
1: of course my concern is keeping things in existence giving them an exit like a book keeping the yeah. words on the page
0: Thanks Ed. Well, 823, we could probably continue for a long time. And I can't. So is there anyone sitting with something, probably a lot of us, but anybody, something you really want to say, or that wants to be said?
8: I just want to end by saying that when I brought up all this information about Seattle, The demonstrators over and over said, we want to be peaceful. And they brought this up and that the, the destruction came from white groups that came in to stir the pot. Yep. And make them look different. So anyway, this is, this is, this is what's happening all over and we need to be mindful that, the mess, they're trying to dilute the message.
0: Right. Or subvert it maybe even more accurately. Yeah. Well, I'd like to come back to what I think of as my central message, which is, let's be sure we attend to our own hearts and not get lost in blaming or analysis or to to come back again and again to the peacefulness at our own hearts and from that to act i know uh, who knows if it really happened but in that beautiful movie gandhi um the first round of violence, the first round of riots started and Gandhi quit. He withdrew for a year. He said, if, the, if, you're, going to do, if you're going to do this to each other, I will not be involved. And it's, it portrays it really beautifully in the movie, how he's sitting on the riverbank and he's sitting under a tree and, and this beautiful pastoral music. And, and then uh, he, it's so, he so clearly gets an idea. And that was when he initiated the salt march. And he, he announced that he was going to walk to the sea because the British wouldn't let the Indians make salt. They had to buy salt. And so he decided he would walk to the sea and the, the American reporter got a hold of it. And so here, he started off with himself walking to the sea it was several hundred miles, I think. And um, by the time he got there, there were tens of thousands of people who were walking with him and they started making salt and the british uh arrested them and they filled the prisons full and then and then some and uh and that was the beginning when the viceroy realized he could not um, he could not uh compete with with this uh he uh, gandhi called it soul force i forget the word the other word the the word in sanskrit or hindi but um He withdrew, he withdrew long enough to get himself back balanced. And I, I believe that's really important, certainly important for me, to not get lost in ideology or combativeness or being right or struggling, but finding that peaceful place so that where, where we come from when we, when we engage is peaceful. Well. Very interesting morning. Thank you. And may all of our hearts be uh well cared for. And Lauren, are your family okay? Their home is threatened. They live
11: right in the downtown core of Philadelphia. Yeah. Fortunately they have relatives in the suburbs where they're living and they're in uncertainty as to whether or not they're their place their, their their life their life their home will be burned down all the surrounding buildings have been burned down and um, you know just
0: makes it very real doesn't it
11: very 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 real yeah. little baby not one not yet one mm. and they're, you know, it's just challenging and then the the in it, the, in it, the st- you know state of black and brown people. It's just, it's an everyday, all day, all life. So I'm trying to hold that really.
0: Well. Thank you for asking. Let us respectfully sing our song. May all be happy.
2: May
7: all
3: be happy. May all
0: be happy. Thank you for Bye. gathering together, dear friends of the heart.
9: Bye.
1: <laughs> Bye, y'all.
9: Bye.
7: Bye. 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 Bye.
0: Thanks for being here. Here we go. Bye-bye. Goodbye, Hadley.